Hello, you're listening to Spirit Life Teachings with T. Jason Price, founder of Power for Freedom Ministries. Check out full sermons, encouraging words, and more on our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and website, all linked in our show notes. Now, here's T. Jason Price. Oh, we forgot the podcast. It's uh, spreading around, so we appreciate that. Thank you for all your help as well. If you're on Facebook, like, comment, share, YouTube, subscribe. And I believe I'm getting the look. And when you get the look, that means you can start. So we're going to open in prayer, and we are going to dive into the Word of God. And guess what I'm going to say? I'm excited for tonight. And I know you who uh, faithfully watch will say, well, I'm always excited. I know, but I am. So uh, I'm excited. We're going to dive into Matthew and talk about our spirit being willing and our flesh being weak. So let's pray, and we'll get started. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your Word. We thank you for... Uh, your conviction in our life. You're pushing us towards you every day. We thank you, God, for opening our ears, opening our eyes. Father, we just pray that tonight you would show us something about us, something personal, something that we can develop and work on, that we may mature into who you called us to be. God, without you, we can't do any of this. So we need your help. And Father, tonight we ask your Holy Spirit would help all of us, regardless of where we're watching from or when we're watching, that you would help us with power and strength in overcoming the flesh. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. All right, so turn with me to Matthew 26. We are going to read about Jesus asking his disciples to pray. Uh, He's in the garden, verse 36. He's getting ready to pray. Uh, And he says, disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. So we want to jump in on verse 37. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to grieve he grieved and distressed. And he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went a little beyond, and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not I, yet not as I will, but your will. And so we're in verse 40 right now, Matthew 26, verse 40. And he came to disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so you men could not keep watch with me for one hour. So we find them one time. If you got notes, you're writing this down, just put a one, right? Write down a number one. So this one time, they're already sleeping. He asked them to pray, and he didn't make it even an hour. In verse 41, keep watching and praying that you may not enter a temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now we're going to come back to 41, but let's keep going for uh, a couple more verses. He went away again a second time and prayed saying, My father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping. So this is two times, right? Another one down. That's two times. And this is Jesus. Jesus is asking his disciples to pray for him. One time, they fell asleep. Second time, they fell asleep. Verse 44, and he left them again, and he went away and prayed a third time, saying the same thing one more. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? So we have three times that Jesus asked the disciples to pray for me. He went away. We don't know the exact amount of time every time, but we know about an hour. And they were sleeping. They couldn't make it one hour praying for Jesus. Now think about that comment. Not one hour. All right? They, he's asking to pray. He's in distress because it starts off this whole passage by saying he was grieved and distressed. So Jesus was under a lot of stress. This is where he went to the garden. And he has sweat, drops of blood, right? He's he's having uh, a little bit of a grief. Well, the Bible says deeply grieved time. He's, you know, 
uh, seeking the Father about the cross and what's going to happen. Now, he's not trying to get out of it. A lot of people teach he was trying to get out of it. He's not. Uh, he was simply just saying, if there's another way, humanity was, you know, flesh was getting in the way of this. And so that's a good teaching. We'll have to do it sometime. But keep track on this one. Go back to 41 with me, 2641. Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. And so we want to break this verse down is what we're going to talk about tonight. We got Jesus asking the disciples to pray. They can't do it. They keep falling asleep. Now, I know where, I know you know where we're going with this, right? So you want to do something for God. You want to pray. You want to read your Bible. Maybe you want to go to church. Maybe you want to uh, go and be a part of what a prayer group is doing or ministry is doing or an outreach is doing. And your flesh just says, nope, we're not doing it. Your spirit says, yep, I want to go. And your flesh says, nope, I don't want to do it. Well, Jesus tells us here that, one, this is not, unfortunately, an uncommon thing. Even disciples had that happen. Two, but he tells them how to avoid this. Keep watching and pray that you may not enter into temptation. He's telling them two things you need to do. You need to watch and you need to pray. So when people ask me, how do you get devoted or how do you stay focused? How do you not... Get off track. In other words, how do you stay the course, live in a spirit life? How do you do that? Well, there's a lot of different answers to it, but a couple of the key things that you really want to consider when asking that question about yourself to somebody is what are you really asking them? And what are you saying? Are you saying, how do you stay motivated or how do you keep going? You don't feel like going because there's a difference between those two. Your motivation is God. Everything in a Christian's life should be God. So uh, going to church being a part of what you're reading your Bible, praying, that's your motivation should be God. I'll give you an example of motivation, and you'll say, well, I know motivation. I know, but let me give you an example. Going to work. Not everybody wants to go to work. In fact, most people, if they won the lottery, would not go to work. But you go to work because you are motivated. It's not wrong because you need it to live. You're motivated by the paycheck, the money. So you will endure what you do not want to do. You'll wake up. Even if you don't feel the greatest, sometimes you'll still go to work. You have to do what you got to do uh, because you have a motivator called money. So you're doing it for the return of something. And some people don't see that as a motivation, so they don't work. And some people have different reasons. But for a general sense of speaking, it's a motivation that makes you do something. If you start dating someone uh, and they live far away or you know it's raining out or snowy or whatever, uh, your motivation to be with them will push you through the rain, the snow. You'll go and you'll get there. Your motivation, your drive is them. You want to get to them. Well, as a Christian, it's God. That should be what motivates you to be with other believers, to be a part of stuff, to read your Bible, to pray. So if you don't have that, there's not really a great answer for you of how to get that. My answer would be you need God, right? I know you say, well, that's simple. All right, so I'm saying there, there's nothing you can do in a natural to really get that, uh, my advice to you would be there's a difference between knowing of God and knowing God. And anyone I meet who knows God is not troubled by motivation to be with God. Because when you meet them, it's impossible not to want to be with them. So if you're struggling watching this and you're saying, or here listening to this with a podcast, and you're saying, well, I, I don't really have that motivation to go through all this stuff to be with God, I would ask that you would pray tonight uh, and just ask the Lord to reveal himself to you, maybe I know maybe you raised your hand and gave your life to the Lord, but maybe you really need to give your life to the Lord. Maybe you need to be born again, a new creation, and find that value that's in God. So I meet a Christian who says, well, you know, I love God, but, well, if there's any but after that statement or something that comes 
before God. I question your relationship with them, not your ability, because you can't make yourself love somebody if you don't know them. You can't make yourself love someone if you knew them, but in the sense of God, the Bible says we love him because he first loved us. So the only way you're going to love God and have motivation to stay awake and pray and do things is you got to know God. The second one is once you know God, how do you not fall into this, you know, you keep sleeping? Well, Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So first, you have to read the Bible as God's child. So you have, you've got to be born again. That is that is the number one thing. If you're not born again, that's where we need to start. You've got to actually know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, be born again, baptized with the Holy Spirit, a believer. If you don't have that part, you're going to struggle in everything to do with the Bible because you've got to have that part. That's number one. Number two, you want to make sure that you're listening to Jesus. Well, obviously, no, but I mean, you really want to listen to Jesus. It's very clear. Keep watching and pray that you do not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And you're never going to get rid of the flesh being weak. So if you try to find a teaching where you're going to you're going to get the flesh to do this miraculous turnaround for God, it's not going to happen. The flesh is the flesh. It doesn't want anything to do with anything other than what the flesh likes. The flesh likes sleeping. Some of our flesh likes eating. Uh, we like sugar. We like all kinds of things. That's our flesh. And we lose this flesh when we go to heaven and we get new bodies. Amen. We don't have to deal with it anymore. But until then, this is humanity, right? We are all in it. The spirit of God in you, though, is willing. That's why you've got to have number one. You've got to be born again, not just know of God. You have to know God personally. All the gifts, everything you ever do in ministry are going to come from your relationship with God. A little side rabbit trail on purpose here. So if you're struggling in prophecy or healing, deliverance, if you're struggling in really manifesting what you uh, believe God's called you to do, probably you you know of God more than you actually know God. And we want to make sure you get those things turned around and that you know God way more than you've ever just knew him before, right? We want a personal, intimate relationship with him. Once you have that, you've got the Spirit of God, and you know, it's going to give you power from the, the Holy Spirit, going to lead you in truth is going to guide you and there's a word lead you and anoint you with power and pushing you forward so you got to have the spirit doing that in you once you have that in you then you need to keep watching what does that mean looking around that's exactly what it means is keeping alert most of everything that's going to deceive us and tempt us we can watch and see coming but you have to pay attention you've got to pay attention to your body if you know your body uh, if and now listen, everything I want to say from here, uh, all, all, always about medical stuff. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not giving you medical advice. I'm talking spiritual things. But we happen to live in the flesh. I'm going to give you some examples. If you let your body, you're not keeping watch of your body, but you let your body every time you don't feel good lay down. Your body eventually will lay down a lot more than it should. You've got to keep a watch over yourself. You got to keep a watch over your thoughts. You got to keep a watch over what's coming. If you know you're struggling with certain things in life and you have the gift of eyesight and you can see in front of you these things coming at you, you you've got to go the other way. And most of our victories are won by preventing the, the fight. Not in the fight, they're won by preventing the fight. God never gives you more than you can handle and everything that happens, he gives you a way out. If you really want to be victorious in spiritual warfare, don't get into them in the first place unless God's called you into them. Most of our warfare is because we don't keep watch and we get distracted and we end up going and doing things we know we shouldn't have done. 
That's the first part of a two-part equation Jesus says. Keep watching. That part you and I can do. We have that ability that we can watch, we can discern, and we can say, I feel like I allow myself to sleep too much or I allow myself to uh, sit down too much or every time I get this way, my body responds. You got to watch those things. You also got to watch, you know, uh, the natural. Watch you hang out with. Watch what's coming your direction. Watch the temptations of your life. Watch what movies you watch, what uh, internet sites you go to. You've got to be diligent and keep watching and praying. The second part, praying, that's God's part. You can't do that. Now you pray, but what happens in prayer is you're building yourself, and that's God. You're asking God to guide you and lead you, the Holy Spirit, and not the temptation. So you want to make sure that you are always being spiritually led, that you're being pushed into the things of God, that you're always constantly praying and building your spirit, man. Now, you can never overcome the flesh when you live in it, but you can make it submit. And what I mean by that is that you can live a life so uh, spiritually strong. Your, your spirit, man, build up from prayer and fasting, uh, speaking in tongues, you can build yourself up spiritually, reading the Word of God. You've got to read your Bible, that you can submit your flesh into obeying what your spirit wants to do. Now, everybody knows to some form or degree what training is or a habit. Like you come home from work, you do this, you do this, you do this. If you do it long enough, every day you'll come home and do this, you'll do this, you'll do this. Uh, if you run a mile, eventually you can run two miles, eventually three miles. We know we can train ourselves, we can condition ourselves, we can get in patterns. Unfortunately, we can also get addictions that are unhealthy. But you can also train yourself, pattern yourself. I wouldn't say addiction. I guess being addicted to God would be great. But you can get yourself trained and patterned to do supernatural things, to follow God, to read your Bible, to pray every day, uh, to make sure you don't let your flesh tell you what to do. Like in this example of sleeping, you know, you, you want to stay awake, but how do you do it when you're tired? You make yourself stay awake. You keep doing it to pray. If Jesus says, pray for me, then you pray for him. You stay awake. And people say, but I get so tired. I know, but in essence, we do what we want to do. Almost everybody. And in fact, I would say everyone, but I got to leave that percentage there. Then you always have the one person who will say, raise their hand. Well, I want, I don't want to go to work, but I have to go to work. Well, if you didn't really want to go, you wouldn't go. Again, the motivator, the the drive that makes you do it. So we do what we want to do. You could be exhausted and your friend call you and say, hey, uh, I want to go out and do something. And all of a sudden you get a second win or you'll, uh, I guess second win is not a good term, but you'll have more energy. Or you could say, well, are you hungry? No, I couldn't eat another bite. You're full until your favorite dessert comes out, right? So we, we know there's things in life that we are convinced we can't do. We're not going to do. And then all of a sudden, wow, look at this. We got a enough energy now to move forward. But you can train yourself that when your spirit is is in relation with God and your spirit hears a, a commandment, a conviction, a need, you can train yourself. You can condition yourself to respond that way. You can be exhausted, ready for bed. Like you're, you're done for the night and you get a phone call of a brother or sister in need. You can train, condition yourself that your flesh will wake up. Like if someone said, hey, uh, I got a, a million dollars for you. Do you want to go get it? You say, well, how? It takes time. Uh, Paul says, you know, an athlete trains or a soldier for war. You have to want it, first of all. That was the first part. But second part, uh, you you have to put time into it. You've got to watch these things. You have to pray. You've got to do what Jesus said. And you have to keep turning the table. And every time your flesh is weak, you've got to put the spirit up in front. Now, there's always a reason, 
always a reason not to read your Bible. There's always a reason, um, you know, for praying or not going to church or going, you know, and helping out, volunteering or whatever your ministry church is a part of. But there's always a reason to overcome that as well. And that reason is God, is the Holy Spirit in your life, Jesus, the drive in you to go do what he's called you to do. And so we want to make sure that we're honest with ourselves when we say, oh, I just don't feel like it. Well, I know there's a lot of things we do we don't feel like doing. What we really should be saying is, I'm letting my flesh overcome my spirit. And you say, that's harsh. I know, I know it is harsh. But if you were honest and said, when you don't want to pray or read your Bible or, or do things for God, if you were honest and said, I don't want to do it, I'm letting my flesh be in front of the spirit of God, then you would probably have more uh, honesty and more honest prayers and conversation about where you are as a Christian. And you can evaluate, am I growing? Am I maturing? Am I going backwards? You could, but when most people lie to themselves, and hopefully it's not intentional, but we just say, oh, well, something came up. We didn't have this or this and that. Well, something always comes up. There's always a reason, like I said, to not pray. There's always a reason to listen to a song instead of reading your Bible or watch TV. And I always like to remind myself, you know, one in the morning or 12, you know, whatever, you're supposed to be in bed and a movie comes on, you've seen a hundred times, you'll sit there and watch it, even though you don't want to, and your body seemingly is wide awake. But you get your Bible out and your body will say, I'm out, tired, falling asleep. A lot of people allow uh, that behavior in them. And every time their Bible comes out, it'll trigger, we're getting sleepy. A lot of people have put priorities of the gospel of spiritual life way behind the priorities of everything else. I don't want to sound, you know, like I don't understand real life because I have a job. I don't, I'm not full-time ministry. I understand what it's like, but there is a place where God can be first in everything you do. Now you're not going to be able to do everything you want to do for God unless you are full-time in ministry. And even then you'd have to have all the resources and everything I understand that. I'm talking about the majority part where your flesh is saying no. When you can't do it, but you would do it, that's not the same thing. No, so you can't really use that for sleeping. Uh, but say an emergency came up and you were exhausted, but you were going to go serve God, but an emergency came up and you had to go do it. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean the sense of you could go, but you're just going to sit on your butt and do nothing or go back to bed or watch TV or just you know daydream. You don't want to let your flesh get in that because a lot of Christians are depending on you, myself, when we ask people to pray for us, like Jesus was. You know, there's a, a great teaching uh, about motivation, and it's not a world teaching, it's spiritual. But what motivates you in the kingdom? What is getting you up off your butt to go do something? You know, it's for money. We're all motivated to go do that to some degree because we need it for stuff. If we understood how much we needed God, that would be our motivation. We would put effort into it. We would you know, pursue it more. And a lot of people don't like talking about these topics because it sounds like you're saying, oh, I'm not doing enough. Or if I miss church or if I miss that, I'm not uh, crucifying the flesh. I'm not being a good Christian. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying we all have to evaluate ourselves where we're at. And no one knows the truth behind why you do or don't do anything other than you, myself included, on me. And so we don't judge each other, but we have to teach scripture as being scripture you keep watch, you pray that you don't fall into temptation, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. And as this example, Jesus is already stressed out. He's in the garden. Stress might not be the right word, but he's definitely deeply, it says, distressed. 
Uh, and so he's grieved. He's in the garden and he's sweating drops of blood. I'm sure coming back and finding people that you're supposed to have praying for you isn't helping the situation. Now, I know that Jesus is not mad and did not scream and yell at him. Uh, most likely while they were sleeping, he sat there and looked over them and probably prayed for them all. And it's such a good heart and probably just was blessing every one of them because he knew what was coming, just waiting for the betrayer Judas to show up and, you know, give him the kiss. But I don't want to be a person who's caught sleeping. I don't want you to be a person caught sleeping. And the only way we're not going to be people caught sleeping and when someone asks you to pray and you actually go and pray for them, or if you go to read your Bible, you actually read it. You just don't read like a, you know, speed reading to hurry up and get your chapter done for the night. You got to care and, and have that relationship with God. You have to really keep a watch of what you're doing. You got to pray, pray, pray. And when I say these things, if it sounds like a chore to you to, to read your Bible, to spend time with God, to pray, but it's not a chore to you to pursue your spiritual giftings or uh, deliverance or prophecy or these, you just got some bad teaching of the order of intimacy wrong. Always want to make sure that we value waking up for God and we would be in the garden situation here and we'd be praying for him. We want to make sure that we're just not showing up for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but that we're also showing up for the enduring that Jesus had to go through and being there for him. In your life, the Bible says, you know, we're faithful and little will be given much. The more that you can crucify your flesh, the more that you can get yourself uh, to be spirit-led, to really control what your desires and your actions are and move forward in the kingdom of God, the more that will be granted to you. It's not an earning thing. It's that you can't handle any more that you can handle. I know that sounded really deep. But if, if life itself right now is too much for you, God expanding your territory is not going to be a blessing to you. It's going to stress you out. It's going to give you more work in your mind, uh, and it's going to create more issues or more problems than you want. If your life right now is that uh, as it comes towards you, you put God first, you do what you got to do, you're faithful to the things God has given you, you're a good steward of them, and you continuously serve God, he'll give you more, and he'll keep increasing your spiritual authority or your, your territory because you're faithful and you keep moving forward. But if everything that happens is just weighs you down and it's too much, why would a good father just keep, you know, at the wrong term, but why would a good father just dump more on you if you can't handle what you have? There's so many Christians out there trying to go to conferences and figure out the secret to how to get more of God. And really, it's not a secret. It's demonstrate that your desire is for God. Demonstrate that you can find, you know, where your life is is tuned in towards what the Holy Spirit is doing, and you've crucified, you've disciplined your flesh to show the evidence in your life that God is more important. And more doors will open, not because you're earning it, but because there's a lot of work to do. The, the harvest is ready, the workers are few. There's never a shortage of people wanting to serve in the kingdom, although you would ask people that, and you'd say, well, there's more of us than there is things to do. No, there's more people willing to do the things everyone else will do, but not many people willing to stay awake and pray for Jesus even a couple hours. And that's really where relationship comes into it. It's kind of like if you're married, just hanging out with your spouse for the benefits of marriage, but not doing anything else with your spouse at all except the benefits. You won't grow closer to your spouse. You won't get to know them on an intimate level any more than that intimacy uh, and chances are you will eventually drift away because 
where your heart is, is, is where you will be led to. If your heart is in, in towards Jesus, you'll be led to him. So what is the, the, the wrapping all this together advice I'd give you? Make sure, first of all, that you're born again, that your desire to do this is Jesus. Second part, you know, make sure with every ounce within you uh, that you crucify, discipline, get your flesh under control. Uh, now, there are a lot of natural things that you should be doing that are not self-help motivational stuff. Willpower is no power. Remember that. The real power is from the Holy Spirit, not willpower. Real power is from the Holy Spirit. Uh, the only willpower that has power is the will of the Father, and that's what we want to live in. So you don't do all these self-help things because it's going to make you a better person. Our help comes from Jesus. That's where our help comes from. We set our eyes on him, period. So make sure that you start doing natural things as a discipline to promote yourself to the growing and the understanding of crucifying and disciplining the flesh for Christ, not for the the, the gain of personal things or for, uh, you know, natural things. We want to make sure we're always leading towards spiritual, towards the Father, towards the Holy Spirit, towards Jesus. Everything you do in every discipline you do, have it towards Jesus. So a couple of those little things you can do, uh, you know, is just start making things that you say you do, commit to them and follow through. Uh, get up in the morning. If you don't want to get up, get up anyway. Sing a song, read your Bible, pray, uh, clean Keep your stuff clean, tidy, have organization, uh, be a person who uh, values what God has given you. You don't have to have the brand newest of everything. Just be appreciative of what God gives you. You know, keep a heart of gratitude, of thankfulness to God. Make everything about God. You know, we pray where we eat, but we really should be thanking God for food. Uh, there's a lot of people right now, you know, in the state of this nation we're in, thank God for your children. If you have children that are going towards God, thank God for him. Thank God for your spouse. If you're married, thank God for your fiance. Thank God for all the stuff in your life. Just keep thanking God and pushing yourself towards that place. And your flesh will say, well, this isn't what I wanted. That you just thank God for as part of disciplining. Your flesh will say, let's just lay here and the kids are going to make a mess again. I know they probably will, but clean it up because it's a good act of discipline in your flesh. And as you do these natural disciplines, there's so many more, you know, um, don't eat the whole bag of chips, right? Uh, don't sleep for 15 hours straight. Don't watch TV till four in the morning if you got to get up at seven. I know. I'm not telling you how to live. Just give me examples. Discipline your flesh in the natural so your flesh is used to you being in charge. And then when you start doing uh, supernatural things, your flesh will recognize the authority of your voice in it, and it will get up, whether it doesn't feel good or not or feel like it or not or whatever. It's used to you being in control. So I wish we had time to get into it, and we don't, but it's very unlikely that your flesh is going to have full reign of everything in your life except when it comes to spiritual matters you're going to own it you got to discipline your flesh in all areas of life so it understands submission that you are the authority of your flesh in every arena so you're not just trying to let it have free reign and everything else but now it's church mode now we got to be spiritual flesh you need to listen to me your flesh is not going to listen to you it's going to say hey as soon as we leave church i'm going right back to doing what i want to do Flesh has to be crucified. It has to be broken. We have to die to self, become a new creation. And so you want that in every aspect of your life. And these little things that we do that people have taken uh, and use them for self-help because they're biblical principles of, of what God all through Scripture has 
given us and demonstrate the character and the nature of God. And that is in being a person of your word, being a commitment, uh, do everything in excellence, keep your house in order, all these different things, honor your mom and your dad. So all these things that we you know people turn into the natural, the cell and willpower, it was originated by the father. And they just kind of took some of that stuff because where else would it come from? Uh, unless it's witchcraft, we won't get into that. And I say that a lot, we won't get into it because I only have about 35 minutes and I try to keep these a little bit shorter. And there's so many topics I want to talk to you about because it's never ending. And that's another thing that'll happen to you. You start getting, you know, so wrapped up in God that your your spirit will say, talk about this, talk about this, let's do this, let's do it. And that's a great sign. It's better than saying, let's watch this movie, let's watch this movie, let's do this, let's do this. Let's eat this whole bag of chips, then this bag of chips. Let's sleep for 20 days. Let's do it. You know, you want to you want to get excited about God. When people, you start talking about God, they should be like, hey, hey, stop. You know, it's uh, 30 minutes or you need to stop talking. It's better than trying to pull, you know, pull God out of you. Uh, but then when it races on TV, we can't get you quiet or football season. So you can see in people, I'm not against any of these things I just said. I'm just using for example. But you can see in people where there's a, a discipline in our flesh to sit there for three hours to watch a race or a game or this and that. And 45 minutes in church is too much. So it's hard. It's hard to believe that we're unable to do it when there's so much evidence that we can. What's easier to believe is that we choose not to do it because the spirit is willing, but we, our flesh, is weak. And that's a more honest answer. And so that's my advice to you. Uh, I hope this helped. I believe it will if you listen to it maybe again and get your stuff in order. Love God with all your heart. Be born again. Have God be your motivator. He's got to be the reason why you're doing all this right keep watch 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 everything you do say go do people around you all that stuff pray make sure you build your spirit have connection with god and be honest with yourself look at what your flesh is willing to do that it doesn't want to do and look at how when it comes to spiritual things we submit to our flesh and just use it for an excuse just be honest that's how we grow we grow by by having honest conversation in truth with love uh, and that's how we grow. Not everybody can handle that. Uh, and that's one of the reasons people reject the Holy Spirit is he guides you and leads you in all truth and convicts you. And a lot, a lot of people want to be convicted, especially by truth, because that's the one that seems to you know, cut the deepest because you can't argue truth. And so if you don't have a good church, find one. I know where one is and I know uh, where a couple are in your area. We personally have Victory Global. If you're in the, your county area, uh, we also, you can contact a ministry if you need some input or some guidance. Uh, we prefer to hook you up with a pastor who can actually hands-on disciple with you, but we can try to help find one in your area and find someone who'll be honest with you and speak into your life and give you truth and say, hey, you know, your your flesh is weak, your spirit's willing, let's get some of this drive you have for everything else. Let's get it over into God and maybe you won't fall asleep in, you know, 20 minutes of prayer. And you know, so we want to encourage you and keep moving forward. How does this tie into using your gifts and everything else? Well, it does. And you know what I'm going to say? We don't have time for that. But discipline of the flesh is needed in every single, every single uh, area of ministry that God could call you into. And we see Jesus crucifying his flesh, telling us to, Paul saying, pick up our cross. It is essential to learn how to not be ruled by your flesh if you want to live a spirit-filled life. So I want to pray with you. Uh, again, thank you for watching these, the podcast, the YouTube. There's so much technology out there. I can't keep up with it all. Uh, pffministries.org. Thank you very much for going there. And you can donate. You can partner with us. You can look at videos. You can find out where we're going to be. 
so much information on there. If you're on YouTube, subscribe and comment. You know what? And you can comment on YouTube too. And if you're on Facebook, comment, let us know where you're watching from and share the video, like the page. I want to pray with you. And if you're in the area, we'll be in Windsor, Pennsylvania this Sunday at 1030. Uh, and we're starting our fall lineup of uh, ministries that are coming. We're excited about them. I got to tell you about them. You're going to love some of the things coming up. And we're also doing our, uh, I go out in the fall and the winter and the spring and preach and travel. And so we're setting that up as well. So if you're a church or a ministry, you're listening, you'd like to have us, get a hold of us through the phone or the email, and we'll get that set up. So I think I announced all my announcements. I need to announce, I want to pray with you, and we will uh, see you when we see you again, Lord willing. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for helping us crucify the flesh. That's our part, but you can help us to have that motivation and drive to do that. Father, thank you for giving us a prayer life of reading your word, uh, fasting, just building our spirit that we would not grow weary in doing good. We would not get tired in praying. And Father, we thank you that you understand humanity. We thank you, Father, that you understand the struggles of all this stuff we're under, but yet you still will find time for us, and we want to find time for you. We want to make sure we give our life to you and help us to find the little things we can do to start crucifying our flesh, that we may be disciplined to handle the more that you have for us spiritually. We thank you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Again, T. Jason Price, Power for Freedom Ministries, thank you very much for joining us. God bless. Uh, and if you're in the area, we'll see you Sunday. Uh, and if not, it'll be live streamed. So we'll see you then. God bless. We hope you enjoyed this episode of PFFM Spirit Life Teachings. If you have any questions or comments, need prayer, or just want to reach out, please call or text 717-537-PFFM or email us at info at God bless.